You're listening to the Own a 365 podcast. Welcome to the Own a 365 podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to helping every individual become outward focused followers of Jesus in every aspect of life. I am your host, Ben Abu Sarah, and I'm sitting alongside <laughs> the one, the only senior pastor of Grace Church. Tim Howey! I am not the host. I am the follower. Ben <laughs> is the host. He's the co-host. You're I'm the, the co-host. You're like you're my Chewbacca, the co-pilot. You're my Wookiee co-pilot. I am the Wookiee. And I'm Han Solo. To your Han Solo. Okay. That's right. Excellent. Very How about that? Excellent. I like that. Yeah, that's great. Or I'm actually the Wookiee, and you can be Han Solo. Either way is fine. Today, today, since it's a special day, you're Han Solo. I'm the Wookiee co-pilot. Thank Anyways, you. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing great. Good. I'm doing great. I'm excited about today and this uh, chance to hear a story. Yes. So today, um, we have some special guests with us in the studio, Patrick and Gloria. They are here to talk about Ray of Hope. Would you introduce the kind folks and uh, and get them started on, on this awesome, awesome Awesome story. Well, it sounds like you've already introduced them. I this is, did this is Patrick and Gloria Santos Reynolds. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. And so, for people who are listening on the audio, people watching the video, can you give us a crash course just on what what is Ray of Hope? We're going to hear more of your story. I hope people hang in there and listen. But when they're going to first of all ask, what exactly is Ray of Hope? One of our our ministries you can find at visitgracechurch.com slash outreach. We take trips there. Two trips scheduled this next year. But what is Ray of Hope? Well, Ray of Hope is a ministry that's based out of Manaus, Brazil, where we our base is in Manaus, a city of about 2.2 million people, but our work is only in the interior of the jungle. Hmm. So we work with caboclas and we work with indigenous people as well. And our ministry is focused on improving people's lives by evangelizing and discipling, but also we support special need children, we, we deliver food, we build churches, we build schools, we focus on education, health, lots of different aspects of the ministry. It's pretty holistic. You're talking about spiritual side, life side, the whole thing. And so, yes, yeah, so we actually have two trips. So I'll leave with this so people don't forget it. We have two trips planned there from Grace Church to work with Ray of Hope next year, an adult Grace trip around the end of May, start of June, and a student trip, which is kind of mid to late June. And so you can find out that information at visitgracechurch.com slash outreach. Yes. And so let's start with a story. I've, I've, uh, we're, we'll, we'll talk about Gloria, your story first, and then Patrick, how you joined the story as well. But Gloria, can you share like where you were raised, how you got to Canada, and that story of how you got <laughs> sent back with $200 uh, to the Amazon. So go ahead and share your story. Hello, good morning. It's so nice to be here and uh, talking to you, share with you what uh, God is doing uh, in the Amazon through you and through all, all of us there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was raised and uh, born and raised in the Amazon, Manaus. My mom is from a small tribe and my dad is from descendant of Portugal, Portuguese. I'm a caboclo. This is the race I am. And I was raised in Manaus, and my dad was a very evangelistic person. So since from the young age, I was uh, speaking in downtown Manaus uh, with the biggest speaker, Megan. Oh, Sherry Jesus. Preacher. You're yes. a street preacher, huh? Yes, I was. Yes, yes. <laughs> wow. And this was a preparation because okay. our life yeah. is a preparation for what God has for us mm-hmm. then. And so uh, 22 years ago, um, I was having a very hard time in Manaus, in my city, and by a miracle, because 
my dream always had been go to a Bible school in English because I hmm. want to improve my English. I still want to improve my English. <laughs> well, so do I. I want to improve my English as well. I think Mine's we all still do. Mine's going downhill, William. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So, That's right. Uh, God did in a miracle way that I could go. I, I, I went to Bible school in the Assembly of God for four and a half years. I was graduating theology and uh, I speak a few languages and I, I had an opportunity to go to Canada for a year to Bible school. Mm. But to be honest with you, my goal we was going to uh, Canada and from there go overseas. Mm. That was my dream. I want to be a missionary in, in, uh, in a place wherever God will send me. But I did a prayer and I prayed, God, I go to Canada. When I finish my Bible school there, I want you to send me anywhere you want mm. except the Amazon. <laughs> well, <laughs> didn't want to go to the Amazon. Can, can I ask why? That's uh, so yeah. great. Why did you not want to go to the Amazon? You know, I had a. I, I was born there. Mm. I travel a little bit by my work. I was. Um, uh, I work in different hotels and mm. I work in Italy. I work in different countries. I was a, a marketing manager for the Amazon, but I had a very difficult year. Mm. And that time it was like I just want to move move on my life out of this seat. So even loving my family and my church and my friends there, the Amazonian people, but I wanted something different forever. But you know, God brought me back to the Amazon. And I'm so thankful he did it because I'm very happy for all he has done through our lives and to an act of obedience. Wasn't easy, but it was worthly and it's worthly. I was worthy with him in the boat. So I went to Canada. I was there all in preparation to go to overseas. And uh, one day they have a mission fest in Vancouver. So I applied for every mission I saw there. And it was a bunch, <laughs> you know. So I was today applying for things. And nobody never called me or mm. contacted me or emailed me back. Oh, wow. So in my last day in Bible school, I had a hope. So I go to, I have three months more. I go to Portland and from there, God will direct me to anywhere but my, one of my teachers, she used to be in the garden in prayer with mm. the girls. She came to me, Janet, and she said, Gloria, uh, God told me to talk to you. And she brought me an envelope with $200, a white envelope. And she said, this is for you to go back to the Amazon. When she said that, I was like, can't be God. <laughs> I told him I the don't one, want. The one place you said you didn't want to go. Exactly, because I want to go anywhere. But I went back with that. I listened to what God had, was saying to me. I went back to Portland. I uh, volunteer. I work in city team and ministry. Uh, on downtown Portland was an amazing experience of serving, to learn to serve the homeless. Mm -hmm. So this was a preparation, mm -hmm. our preparation. And I, I decided to go back to the Amazon. I remember I left in that time to get back to Amazon. We had to go to different places from Portland to many other places. It would take like two days to get there. I left Portland with my heart set. But when I was flowing above the Amazon, I look, it was a daytime, and I saw the jungle, and I saw the little village, and my heart started to change. Mm. I can tell you, I get in the airport of Manaus with a different heart. I was another person in, in Jesus. And then we start to pray about what it's about, what we could do with $200 that can impact someone's life. And my dad said, let's pray. 
You, you and your dad were praying? Yes, my okay. dad and my mom. So I brought oh, to my mom. family. I said, I said, this happened. I told the whole story. <laughs> and my dad said, we're going to pray. And we start to pray. Three weeks passed. My dad had a little house in the jungle. And he rescued a little boy from the middle of the jungle, all full of blood, running in his car. And this boy... Was he, was he cut up? He, he, yes. He had a lot of cut and a lot of blood in his face. Four years face. old. Wow. Mm. And just came to the car. And this is jungle, jungle, this mud road. And this boy... And my dad, someone persecuting him. So my dad opened the car, put him inside went out. So my dad went to the first village, took him to the hospital, treated him, and the, and the people in the hospital said, go to the police. Mm-hmm. My dad went to the police station, and the guy from the police said, oh, you find him. He's yours. We don't care. We have so many things here going on in this village. We are just two policemen, so get out of the here, take the boy with you, and that's really? it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So sad. So mm-hmm. my dad brought this. My dad started to think, I go to the grocery store. Because usually the little grocery store in the village, they know everyone. Right in the door, when my daddy come in with this boy, the, the one of the, the stories said, oh, he recognized my dad and said, Senor Joaquin, uh, who, what are you doing with the son of the crazy woman? Hmm. So my dad put the, the boy back and came there and my, bo- my, my, my dad was really upset. So he said, <laughs> why you call yeah. this in front of the kids? So he mm-hmm. said, oh, but this, yeah. this family, they are nothing. Uh, the, the father is an alcoholic. And he's, uh, the mother is crazy. They have this babe. I said, where they live? He said, oh, they have no house, but has a hut behind the soccer ball field. They are staying there. So my dad went. And when he arrived, she was on the floor, pregnant with blood in the place. So somehow... Uh, the boys were playing soccer, upset with her, stoned the house. Mm-hmm. And when they stoned the house with all the pieces of glasses, she thought she would die. She put him outside and told him, run to the jungle and save it, be saved. So she was trying to help him. Yes. It sounds like, yeah. And so that woman had a lot of health issues without medicine. She had a lot of attacks. And, yeah. But, you know, and my dad said, okay, now it's different. He went back, he bought food, he treated her, she didn't want to go to his hospital. And my dad said, now on, my daughter and we will take care of you. Because we will tell this village how important you are for God mm-hmm. and to all of us. So we, my dad got back home, shared with me, said, I find it. Why God gave you this money? You go on this a camp and we're going to help this family and tell this village now this family is our, our family, mm-hmm. and we're going to teach them about love. So five weeks later, 19 July 2003, we start the first camp. Mm-hmm. And that family was hugged by us. And we start to teach that village what's love mm-hmm. and how for them to be accepted. And they are. They are until today. And our boy is growing up. He's there working in a little in a little grocery store. So I was going to ask about that boy. Yeah. Yes, right? he's, a, he's, a he's a man. He's a man. He's a young man, lovely. And uh, but you know, it was about love. So in the 19 July 2003, we hold a camp. I have learning in Canada to do a camp. So we had the children ministry. We talked to the moms. By the end of this. One of the girls who were helping me came with a little girl, 11 years old, and she said, she wants to talk to me. And she said, Chia. Chia is the lovely way they call 
us, the teachers or professors or someone they love, Chia, I want to ask you when you come back. And I was like, because there's no planning to come back. You know, I was moving on with my life. That's right. what God told me to do. <laughs> it, it was done. This one camp for a bunch of kids in this village. In this village, about yeah. 60 kids, 20 mommies, and we cook for them. We spend the whole day teaching the Bible, play, love on them, feed mm-hmm. them. But a one-off. It was a one-time event that you yes. planned on moving on with your life. Yes. Yeah. And this girl asking me, Chia, when you come back? Because I, for the first time in my life, I heard about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Jesus. I heard about one Jesus, but they told me that Jesus died on the cross for me. Jesus is alive and Jesus loves me. And you you all love me too. So I want my two brothers who didn't come because work, they needed to hear the good news. So she had the whole gospel in her mouth. Hmm. And I asked her, I mean, I went out and I cried. And I said, God, what is that? And God said, trust me, this will be the first of many, many children camps and family camps we do. It will be the day that you don't know how many kids you reached. You don't know how many villages you reached for my glory. So I got back and I said, we are here in a month. Bring your, your brothers. And this was the beginning of Ray of Hope. That was the, and yes. you didn't even have the name Ray of Hope quite yet. That was the first event that would the become Ray of Hope. The first event. Before that, I, I want to put, because, you know, I came from Canada. Mm. So you have all this training, how to do the things. You have to have a them. And I like hope. Hope. Yeah. And my friend said, my friend for Oregon said, Gloria, the, the ray of hope. You are in the Amazon. It's all sunny there. So the ray of hope. So we actually had the name in the first day because. Oh, really? Yes. So we start ray of hope in that day. And for the glory of God, 19 years later, I don't know how many children. I know that we passed a 350 wow. village long time ago. And by the God of God, we are able to reach thousands of families for wow. Jesus. Wow. And how far is this village from Manaus, the, the very first village? The first village. Before, we didn't have a bridge, mm-hmm. so we got to get a ferry boat. Could be like one hour and a half, the, two hours, depend of the, depends of the ferry boat. Now we have a, a bridge who cross. Oh. It's not so far. You can go by, by car. So it's a village that's inside the forest. It's not on the river. Mm. So it's a very difficult field still. And so... 45 minutes, one hour from my house. Wow, wow. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Let's mm-hmm. let's kind of pick up mm-hmm. your story now, and people will recognize your German accent in, one, in a moment here. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So you have an interesting story as well. So, so uh, where were you born? Where were you raised? And uh, let's hear about your story and how in the world from there to college to Brazil. Like, tell a bit of your story as well, Patrick. Well, I was born in uh, I was born in Germany in Bavaria in 1966 in November of 66, hmm. and my parents were German, and I was adopted by Americans who were overseas in the military. And by August of 68, I remember seeing the signature on my on my on my natural naturalization certificate it was uh, was August of 1968 in the courts of Phoenix, Arizona. Wow. Yeah. Okay. After my dad retired from the Air Force, we moved to Arkansas, and that I was probably about seven years old. We moved to a little town called Dover. It was about, at that time, about 600 people in rural Ozark Mountain, Arkansas. Oh, and, the Ozarks. Yeah. Yes, we love the Ozarks. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> Beautiful area. Yes, oh, yeah. So anyways, grew up there. And then uh, I went to college, 
went to college and got a degree in fish and wildlife science, and I worked for the federal government as an endangered species biologist. Where'd you go to college at? Arkansas Tech University. Arkansas Tech. Okay. Yes. What city is Arkansas Tech in? Russellville. Russellville. All right. It was All about right. seven miles, about seven miles south of of Dover. Actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. We're not but too Dover far. was an interesting little community because it had one little rock school building. Every, rolled up the streets at night. Everybody knew yeah. everybody. Uh, from the ninth grade up, had a smoking section for the students. You know, it was pretty. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And honestly, to be truthful, there wasn't much opportunity in that yeah. area at all. Yeah. You know, most people made their living from cutting pulp wood and things like this. Mm. So it was fortuitous that I would go on and yeah, yeah. and go to college and and then uh, get the degree and actually work in the region that I that, that I grew up in. I worked. Uh, I actually was stationed at one point in time in Jasper, Arkansas, mm-hmm. and I worked in the at that time the Buffalo. Ranger District working oh, wow. on a elk habitat project, and then a uh, and then but I've worked all over the southeast region, and I was a part of a church called Fellowship of Christians Church in Russellville, Arkansas, and the first time that Glory and I, I actually saw her the first time was two thousand seven, and she was speaking at our church about Ray of Hope. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and the pastor of the church, Wayne Drain, was good friends with a friend, with a person in England that knew Gloria and knew about the ministry that shared it with Wayne and invited Gloria to come and speak. At that time, when I saw her on stage, I said, oh, I'm going to marry that woman one day. It wasn't like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was I was involved in the church. I was on the sure. worship team, played drums on the worship team. Okay. I was ushering for the church. I was on the social action team, which we do car care clinics and local ministries yeah, and yeah. missions and the fixing, raking leaves, fixing houses for elderly women, things like this, yeah. you know, in the local area, food, uh, food shelter, food pantry, what, mm-hmm. uh, whatnot. Well, I had good friends that I went to college with and also good were friends with her as well that went down to Brazil to volunteer with her ministry. Oh, to serve with the ministry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and they became good friends with Gloria. They actually went with the mission teams in the, at first, but after that, they went by themselves. Jerry Casey Bowman and Fawn Saltzman were their name, mm-hmm. and they would stay in her house. And when they would go down there, they would uh, they would uh, tell Gloria about me, and when they come back, they would— Tell me about Gloria. Now, were they were they thinking they were setting this up? Were they thinking that they were yes. oh, okay. <laughs> matchmaking? Yeah. They Matchmakers. Said, he is perfect because he drives a boat. He's a wild man. It's like you. It's like okay. Um, now, awesome. I was married once before. Okay. My first wife passed away. She oh, committed man. suicide when Austin was oh. only four years old. Oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah. And I was single for ten years until we met. But during this period of time, from two thousand seven until we met. Jerry Casey and Fawn had went there a few times to mm-hmm. Brazil. And when they were down there, like I say, a little bit about me, a little bit about her. This went on for almost two years. Wow. And then one of the last times they were in Brazil, Jerry Casey wrote me an email from Glory's house. And it's, it couldn't have been more than a couple sentences. First sentence was maybe something about Glory that I'd heard a hundred times. Yeah. And the last sentence said, what are you waiting for? Really? And I wrote her an email. <laughs> That was your first. Was that your first official contact together? Yes. yes. Wow. <laughs> so the email was it just getting to know her at that point, or well, the email like I said came from Jerry Casey, yeah. and it just said, "What are you waiting for to contact her?" So I wrote Gloria an email, probably through Facebook, I think, mm. you know. Sure. And um, well, she wrote back, and then we started talking. I took a. Actually, she came. We we were praying through this. Mm. Yeah. I was consulting with the pastoral staff in my church, yeah. and she was consulting with people that she knew in in Brazil. And we, at 
during this two-year period of time, we were thinking, in my mind, I was thinking, she was too, because we were thinking, how does a relationship work with two people in two different hemispheres, you know? Two different hemispheres. <laughs> and you're talking, marriage is a huge decision. Uh, yeah. But you're not, you're not just marrying. You have a thriving ministry. You're talking about what mm-hmm. does this mean for your future? You're, you're marrying a person and a ministry. Yep. I mean, you're a, a calling yes. upon. This was your a, life. this was actually things that were discussed at the church. You know, yeah. this were things were discussed in in the church, and we did marriage counseling through my church before we got married. Yeah. before we were married too. That's so wise. Mm-hmm. And uh, but anyway, so we started talking, and uh, we were thinking and praying, well, how are we going to work this out? Ended up that she was invited to come and speak at a church in Illinois. Correct. Yes. Yes. So, and then was going to have an opportunity. Because Wayne knew she was coming to Illinois, and then Wayne offered, my pastor offered her to come to Arkansas just for a time of rest and relaxation. Mm. So this is the point where we're going to meet. The pastor didn't know anything. We, you know, yeah. the pastors never know anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I can vouch <laughs> pastors don't know. <laughs> yes. He just wanted me to rest. You know, he knew I was doing like uh, 24 trips a year. Wow. Yeah. Alone. <laughs> Without yeah. him, but uh, yeah. take, alone in the boat, like managing everything. Yeah. And he just want me to rest. He said, come to, you don't need to speak in my church. You speak in sales group and meet your friends. Just take a three weeks break here in Arkansas. Well. So kind. And cause you're a, you're a single lady and a yes. ministry CEO, pre, like leader of a thriving ministry. How kind. And pastor has no idea what's going on. Amen. <laughs> yeah. so he invites you for rest and relaxation. And so had you guys met each other in person before this moment? No. It was just by right. I met her at the airport coming into Little Rock with a dozen roses. Oh, oh, wow. oh my goodness. <laughs> romance. Because <laughs> yeah. we'd already spoke to somebody. Then. We were talking yeah. and we were kind of pursuing a relationship. Yeah. You were pursuing, them. exploring. Because yes. mm-hmm. you, you weren't going to – you have a – a son. A, a son. And so yeah. you're not also interested in doing something capricious. You went prayerfully to seek because you're you're marrying somebody who will be a, mm. a mother of your child. Correct. Uh, and I so, had adopted my niece, so I had a kid too. Yeah. Oh, so you, you as well. Yes. Oh my goodness. So this there's so it's so wow. amazing. Yeah. So so when you arrived with his roses, were you I, I do have to ask, who knew first? Who knew that this was the Lord's calling upon you for <laughs> marriage? I don't know if we actually knew that right then. We still had to figure some things sure, out. Sure, sure. Yeah. Right? But uh, at that time, she came to Arkansas. We certainly spent some time together, and then we wanted to go visit some of her friends. Actually, she had a friend from Brazil that married an Englishman, and they were living in, in Memphis at that time. Hmm. And so we went to uh, – I took her to Memphis, and we met her friends there, and we yeah. talked some. And, yeah. and then in late 2009, I took my first trip to Brazil. That was your first time? Yep. And you weren't you weren't married yet. No. So you had to go see the field and see I, the ministry. And- actually, yeah. When I went there, it was just to kind of see what Brazil was like. In mm-hmm. the in the in the in the thinking about getting married, thinking about moving, where we would live, what we would do. You know, there was a lot to figure out. Yeah. Because I had a career myself. Yeah. I was in endangered species biology with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service for almost seven years. In you know. Yeah. And, so you'd built a career, a yeah. thriving career here. Actually, yeah, because I started working for the actually Department of Agriculture was my first federal employment. You know, and I was a biological science technician for them. And for me to to get this job as an endangered species biologist was like, man, this is the 
this is where I'm kind of wanting to go, you know? Wow, wow. And so the discernment process, you're down there, he's visiting the ministry and visiting the area. Mm-hmm. Um, how did the Lord finally confirm to each of you? This is helpful for people, whatever part of their journey, people out there listening, watching, are also trying to seek the Lord yeah. in their lives. So how would you say the Lord confirmed to you that this was of, of God? You have to tell them about the Bible. We... About the verse. We prayed, mm-hmm. and uh, we have we have two kids. We, it's not all about us, yes, you know. Absolutely. And I knew God once the Amazon. We mm. stay in the Amazon, so yeah. uh, remember we pray a lot. He fits right away with my family. Mm. He fits away in the boat. In the boat, he was he was like if he was from the Amazon. Really? <laughs> so yeah. I saw he get in the speedboat, like help the guys to fix, arrive in a village, go up fair, carrying three food bags. And the whole team said, oh, he's a hard work <laughs> man. <laughs> hard working, used to the outdoors, yeah. Yeah. fix things. And yeah. pilot. As she, as he's she was a talking pilot. about <laughs> yeah. preparation for her, I went, I was, went through the same thing, you know. Yeah. Like I say, I grew up in the Ozarks. I grew up hunting. Sure trekking through the outdoors all my life, you know. Yeah. And there was a pre- it was a preparation for Brazil. Hmm. Wow. And your your family, people were observing his hard working, his work ethic, his love for people, his love for the Lord and how did you finally get confirmed from the Lord? This is so helpful for people that this is of God. One day I was in the jungle and in that time didn't have cell cell Service. service everywhere. So we still we have the cell phone, but after the meeting of the warders, no contact at all. We are in a village about five hours, far from an house, in a dock. We had a camp. And before the camp, the pastor from England, Pastor Dapp, was doing a long prayer before we get to the land. Mm. During the prayer, he said, you pray with someone. It was two, two people. We just grabbed the one close us. And the girl was praying for me. She gave me a Bible verse about God is with you. God is with you. Hmm. And I took this Bible verse in my heart. And so we went to the village. We came back. We have a service. And uh, the big line in the, uh, in the, for the showers mm-hmm. in the boat. So I sit with the captain. And suddenly my phone, who was in the captain little the, house, the pilot house, pilot house, did a sound like a message. So he said, oh, don't worry. Uh, must be something old because the phone didn't work here. So I get the phone and I open. The phone was working. <laughs> and it was Patrick. <laughs> Send me the same verse I just received in oh, the wow. prayer really? Really? Four, five hours before. <laughs> and the phone, I answered him. We talked. He said, I was leaving the church and someone, one of the old ladies, he served in the ministry, ministry gave that, that Bible verse. Wow. So, and then I... We talked. The, the moment we finished to talk, no cell phone anymore. Service. <laughs> the cell phone service stopped. Stopped it totally. So this wow. was a, a very important answer from God mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. for us. And, uh, and um, uh, I just love how God's work, you know. wasn't always easy because of the language, and I think it's much more difficult for a man, especially in America, independent man, move to a place like the Amazon. Yeah. Sometimes we are mess, you know, <laughs> but we are lovely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we are happy. That's a, that, it's a big cultural challenge. Yes. yes. Maybe you could maybe you could share, uh, because God has uniquely designed you, at least from the outside looking, 
for each other and for the ministry. Could you share kind of the, your each of your roles with Ray of Hope, how God uses you with your gift? You seem to have apostolic gifts, mm-hmm. you know, to start those things. And you seem to have this incredible serving and administration logistics. Can you share a bit of how God uses you together, your unique roles? Yeah. I have with... to share one more thing. Oh, please about, do. Yes, I didn't about, hear about your confirmation. Uh, about this confirmation I skipped thing. ahead, Patrick. Yeah, Sorry that's okay. That. I was so excited. So... In their in our church, this 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 lady, this old lady, this was her mother's ring right here. Hmm. She came to me and she said, "This is the ring that you're going to give Gloria." Really? Wow! And it fit Gloria's finger perfectly. Hmm. I gave it. To really? Her. Yes. <laughs> yes. No resizing. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! That's some confirmation too. Yeah. Yes. I yes. Yeah. And I got to wow. ask, how did you ask? Did you ask her to marry you finally? Yes. Yes. How did that happen? What, what happened? It was in the Amazon. It was in the Amazon in the green room of the house. Yes. (laughs) I gave her this ring and I said, will you marry me? Yeah. And you said? Yes, yes. Yes. Cece. Oh, Cece. That's so great. That's so great. And and Patrick says, you know five languages. Five languages. Uh, What are those languages you know? Uh, Spanish, Italian, French, Portuguese. And a bit of in English. <laughs> That's great. And Patrick, do you know multiple languages now? I speak uh, English and Portuguese. English and Portuguese. That's so great. Wow. Okay, so my question I got so excited about, can you share your unique giftings and the different roles you play with the ministry? Basically, I'm a visionary person. I'm a dreaming. And I like <laughs> oh, yes. and I like people. Oh, yeah. And during that year, it was very difficult because I'm not the right person to manage a boat. Mm timing and uh, like finances and mm. and Patrick he came and first he was working at an English school for, for support your family oh really and mm. so he could travel just the weekends but later he understood God was calling him for the full time in the ministry and then everything changed he takes care of everything that's not my gift mm-hmm. so I can I can have my visions yeah. I can dream I can yeah. take care of people because I love to care of people the love I have for the people I want to listen what the people has to do not only the tribes but I want to hear the pastors in the jungle and I wanted to hear the mission trips people hmm. so this is my gift to serve in these people and Patrick is the one who is there doing everything else right baby <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So what is everything else? Oh my gosh, it's a, <laughs> it's a lot of stuff, you know. But God's called me into the ministry as well. Yeah. I do my I do my. You know, we were having some issues when I before I became part of the ministry. There were some issues with mismanagement of the mm-hmm. of of the things Ray of Hope had. Sure, know? people were stealing things. Oh and wow, things yeah, taking yeah. gas and yeah. not using the money. If you're correctly. not tracking it down, not, well, not yeah. watching it, those things yeah. sprout legs and, and they start to walk yeah. away. And so that's when I decided. I said, okay, I'll take over these things and and I'll manage these this aspect of the ministry. So you were teaching in Manaus. I was yes. When I first arrived there, my son started uh, at a school called the Amazon English Academy. Okay. And I went there when I enrolled my son into it. I just uh, I just uh, got my work visa and I gave it yeah. to the lady there and I said, "Look, I'd be interested in doing something with the children here from an environmental approach as right. a volunteer." Sure. About maybe three weeks or so went by, and she called me. She said, "Would you be interested in teaching science and biology oh, at the school?" That's fantastic. That's right up your and I said, alley. Well, I never really taught before in this at this at this uh, capacity, you know, children. But sure, I, you know, I've studied more ologies than I can count, and so yeah. I thought, you know, yeah, absolutely. So I started teaching uh, science and biology to fifth, sixth, and seventh graders mm-hmm. at the school, and I did that for a while, and then I just was being called more into the ministry. 
Yes. And so I resigned. And, and at that time, too, they were just putting more things on top of me. And then pretty soon I was teaching the Bible at the school. I was mm-hmm. teaching mathematics at the school, which right. was com- really understaffed the school was. Yeah. I was teaching science and biology. And I was doing third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth, seventh grade. And I was like, for the same amount of money. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. And at the same time, you started to hear reports about the ministry, things sprouting legs, people taking things or things not managed well. And did God start to work in your heart? Together, I think so, I, and I think too. You know, this was our first year of marriage too. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. We were in our first year of marriage, and she was still traveling quite a bit. Yeah. And so, yeah. there were some things that we needed to kind of work out so that we could kind of focus too. Sure. sure. On our marriage together with whatever we're going. It's be doing. hard for first year for anybody, yeah. and then when you so add I, in the I, cultural differences, yeah. oh my goodness, and management of a you know. Giant ministry. Giant ministry <laughs> and, and two kids in a blended yeah. family yes. now. A lot of challenges. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It's amazing. And so mm-hmm. you switched over. So you do everything. You do yeah. everything from – give us some examples of what you do for the ministry. Well, I manage the boats. I manage the finances. Mm-hmm. We actually have a finance manager, but I oversee a lot of our U.S. Sure. Our, our U.S. Uh, communication with our with our partners is sure. what I do. So Absolutely. Uh, How many boats do you guys have? We have two now. We had two. three at one point in time. Oh, okay. We had one that was 21 meters long. We sold it. It just became more of a headache to manage. It was yeah. quite of an older boat, and it cost lots of money to mm-hmm. maintenance and not keep on it. Yeah, yeah. And then now we've got two small boats, one nine meters long and one six, that we use for logistical support on, on the bigger boats that we rent for the mission teams when we have those. So. Mm, that's fantastic. But, uh, but over, the course of the, over the course of the years involved in the ministry now, I've become more involved in the ministry aspect of Ray of Hope as well. Mm-hmm. And my particular calling is actually more towards the indigenous people. Mm-hmm. I've had opportunities to uh, go into areas, indigenous reservations and, and, and minister where people just aren't being invited into. Mm-hmm. And one of, the, one of the last places I went, it's very hard to get into, was late July, August. I did actually, a, it was actually a, a trip I did with a governmental organization to Atalaya do Norte, which is the most western municipality in the state of Amazonas on the border of Peru and Colombia. It's the most preserved Amazon I've ever been in. Very remote, 1,500 kilometers west of Manaus. And I went there to do a research into potential tourism there. And while I was there, I was made friends with the Secretary of Tourism and different people, but I also made some contact with some different ethnic groups there that aren't around close to Manaus where we've been working. Yeah. And uh, and I left, and when I made contact with I didn't talk to them anything about tourism, but I did talk to them about Ray of Hope. Hmm. And when I left from there, I came back to Manaus, and I guess it must have been about a week or 10 days later, the Secretary of Tourism called me there, and he said, look, I'm coming to Manaus with, with four different people from different ethnic groups, going to be selling art at an art exposition in Manaus. Where do you want to meet them? I said, yes, I would. And so when they came in, we took them to Rave Hope, and we talked to them a little bit. Only one of them spoke pretty good Portuguese. The other three didn't speak any, only they're in tribal language. But the one that spoke Portuguese, he was a Christian. And he started sharing his vision about the souls of his people dying in an area called Valley do Javari, which has the, the largest group of isolated indigenous people in Brazil. Hmm. Literally nobody goes in there without getting invited. Wow. And he invited us there. He will preach the gospel hmm. into an area where nobody's getting to go. Just this year? 
just this year. <clears throat> wow. So I'm actually trying to organize and plan a trip back there. When he was when he was in Manaus, some of the this is an area too that uh, what they call Agua Bahinta. So it's a with it's a upper Solimoy's River. The water has lots of sedimentation. The geology type doesn't allow for the drilling of whales in that area because just to, just to be the way it is. So we we work with also bucket the bucket uh, the bucket ministry. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but uh, Sawyer Point One water filters, <laughs> and you can they're remote. You can put them anywhere, and you can take literally the worst water you've ever seen. And put it through those filters. Put it through, and drink it. Oh, that's instantly. fantastic. Oh, man. So I sent him back with some of those filters, and we sent him back with some – we got a reading glass project and stuff, too. We sent him back with some things. He got back into Atalaya there, and he sent me a voice message and WhatsApp and just thank him, just thanking for the being well-received and and uh, shared with his people, you know, about the things. And they invited us into Javari to go preach the gospel mm. to the indigenous people. I might want to encourage you. It's, it's amazing. What an amazing opportunity to minister. That's one of the reasons we partner with you is your passion to reach unreached people groups, those tribes, remote tribes. Maybe we're going to get to COVID in just a moment, but let me, first of all, if you could share with people what a trip looks like. I was going to ask that question. Yeah, yeah. To, yeah. Because, because we're talking about trips. You're talking about the adult grace yeah. trip from end of May to start of June, the student trip in mid to late June. Can you describe to people, so this this might help them envision yeah. when they jump on a plane and they land in Manaus, yeah. what does a trip look like from the start to finish? What what, what happens? Okay, we arrive in Manaus. Uh, normally, we have one day to preparation for the trip, and the second day we get in the boat, and together, uh, the team who's going and our volunteer team, translator, we get together, and we're going, depends where the village we go, sometimes it's five hours, sometimes it's... 20 hours. Yeah. <laughs> so it depends <laughs> on the right. area we're going to serve. Grace Church has seven different areas. And we arrive in this village, and together we are going to love people. It's a houseboat. People sleep you on sleep the boat. sleep in as the well. boat. Yes, sleep in the hammock. So we have a very good uh, cooks who brought, you know, the Amazon, if you like fresh fruits mm-hmm. and the fish, you are in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, we have a very good like preparation of menu for all, all people. But uh, we, we serve people. People we love. I always say to the teams, if you know how to smile, mm. you are ready to go. Mm-hmm. So the ministry is serving ministry. We're going to share with Jesus and action of love. Many times the, the churches have difficult to go to certain village, so they call us. Mm. Yeah. And we go the first time and then we bring the pastor, the missionary fast, because we love you on people and mm-hmm. talk about the pure gospel, the simplicity of the good news of Jesus. Mm. And our dream is to see the Amazon to the feet of Jesus. That's and wonderful. We use social projects to open doors for us to preach the gospel. What's mm-hmm. some examples of social projects? Well, well you could arrive in a, we, lots of these villages and communities, people all throughout the Amazon. Some of these villages are might just be four or five families, four or five individuals, you know, and stuff. Some bigger and some smaller. And, but anyways, when we are, they're often very impoverished, very poor areas, you know. And we could arrive there, and we could just preach the gospel, and we could leave in the same, leave them in the same situation we arrived. Sure, but that's not what we can do. Right. So our, some of our social projects, we have do medical missions. Okay. We do uh, psychology. We have psychologists with us. We do women's ministry, men's ministry, children's ministry, youth ministry. These are some things, Gloria, you're talking about, the, the showing the love of Jesus. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And then sharing 
the simple, pure gospel. Yes, yeah. yes. And serving people, for example, when we go, we we want also uh, become someone that they can count. So we have a base in Manaus, very busy office mm-hmm. right now because those villages, when they have a situation, they come to us and they have someone to talk to. You know, the man Pesco was talking about, the indigenous young man who wants to preach the gospel for his tribe, he cried and he said, ah, finally, someone is listening mm-hmm. to me, to listen what God yeah. is put because he had a burning passion for mission and I'm nobody was I'm listening going back, going back. Yeah. yeah yeah that's fantastic how many days <laughs> would the trip uh, typically be would people be on a boat from seven on... to ten the total trip yeah. in the boat is six depends of the team five six or seven that's yeah. possible to and the only you couldn't do this by boat you'd have to fly to tabachinga oh, and then okay, you do yeah. a, a route yeah. to benjamin and then another and then another on to atalaya this trip would be this I haven't got all the logistics work out for this trip sure. yet because it's sure. far away. Gotcha. gotcha. But the normal trips that yeah. you, you guys do, it's take about that, you know, okay. seven to ten days. Seven how, to days. How did you uh, – I'm sorry, seven no, to ten days. How, how did you modify or adjust during the past two years when we had the pandemic came mm-hmm. and those kinds of like, – Something very interesting happened. When the pandemic came – uh, from one day to others, all our trips were canceled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just mm-hmm. had one team there that left in the last plane leaving Manaus. Well, a, medical, a medical mission tr- on the last plane out of Manaus back to Miami when they shut the whole airport down. Mm-hmm. Really? The last day. Wow. And wow. then uh, we started to pray. And of course, with the pandemic it came, the poverty came, and the situation, the people lost their jobs. Mm. Our waiters we work with special need kids. These moms cannot take the kids to the hospital to be checked. And so as all, and we are very busy. Mm. And we start to pray. So in the first six months, generosity came from you and other partners mm. that we could have food bag delivered for this family. And we use different ways. We put Bible verses in both sides because the word of God is alive. Mm-hmm. And it's alive live is speaking the whole time and i have a testimony of this mom she said she cut and she put she put in the free in front of the freezer the bible verse every day she oh, read for wow. the kids that's so awesome and was said she lost his, her dad mm. for pandemic but she still read the bible verse oh. and god every day yeah. that same verse she didn't have a bible in her heart but she had that bible mm. verse that she was reading give her strength for day by day mm-hmm. so this four six months was there we are busy with uh, humanitarian work but we start to pray mm. and more we pray as a team by zoom god was telling spread my tent mm. and they close the rivers all the rivers are closed how can you a boat ministry yeah. can spread the tent without a river without boat right and I said, Patrick, God has said that we, we are going somewhere. Patrick said, I'm going to do my bag. So he did. <laughs> he packed. <laughs> he has faith. He packed his a big bag. And he said, I'm ready to go. Abraham, getting ready before you even yes. know where you're going. That's awesome. I received a call from someone that I didn't know, but she heard about us and said, oh, you guys are good to, to organize trips. I said, oh, yes. She said, okay, I have a UX8 project came to World Vision and I'm a new director of World Vision for this project and we did two boat trips but didn't work out but someone in my church said oh call Gloria and Patrick mm-hmm. they, they know how to organize trips mm-hmm. and she started to talk to me and I said very interesting and she said I said but how is about the authorization and she said oh we have the authorization from Brasilia 
Mm-hmm. So nobody can stop our boat. Really? I said, really? She said, do you want to come in? I said, I want, but I have bag. a question. <laughs> I said, uh, she said, oh, we have, we want you and Patrick, okay? Just two people. I said, yes, but I have two people more to bring the boat. Mm-hmm. She said, which people? I said, Ray of Hope people. And she said, but in this trip, Gloria, it's not a ministry. It's mm-hmm. a humanitarian relief for COVID. Mm-hmm. We can do only that. Right. I said, oh, so I don't know if I can go. And she said, but what do you have to offer? In that same time, the mission trips canceled, and they sent money for the food bags. Mm-hmm. I said, we have food bags. She said, oh, we don't have any food bag. She said, I will think about. So two days later, she comes and said, you can come with Ray of Hope wow. and bring the food bags. So we did 17 trips. Wow. So we never That's stopped awesome. to travel. Wow. We went in places we never went. Praise so they launched the tent mm-hmm. in God's work. And when the things got difficult, they said, Ray of Hope, he therefore pray for you. <laughs> Ray of Hope is outside. Go to Ray yeah. of Hope in the boat. Wow. And we served together with World Vision in the Amazon during that time. And yeah. we... I went to places we never went before mm, wow. for the glory of God. That's amazing. I love that. What? Uh, wow. That's amazing. We're so grateful for, for you guys and uh, what you guys have done and what you do. Um, one thing I think there's a lot of lessons that, that people listening have could learn from your story. But um, if we were to just, if, if somebody who's interested in the mission field, what would be the one thing that you would tell them or encouragement that you would tell them as they're exploring God's direction and pursuing that? I think uh, mission is for every one of us. Mission can be right here, can be in our street, can be a college thing. If you heard about mission overseas and your heart start to beat and you start praying for those people, your heart is beat, and then you act. If you are by here, come to, to, to Grace Church. Talk to people who had been in mission trip. Talk to people who internship with us sometimes and pray. And start to get every information you can take from the trip and get engaged with people who come. And I will always say, what you need to do is, is big, give a big smile mm-hmm. and love Jesus and love people. And this is easy because we have a work. Some people tell me, Gloria, one time one girl here from Grace Church she said to me, Gloria, I don't know what I'm doing here. Two days later, she was teaching teenagers, yeah. and she was one of the best Bible teaching mm. that I have heard wow. at that age. Mm. Wow. She was teaching the teenagers. She started to play with them, play with their crafts. Mm. Then she was talking about Jesus. She told her testimony, yeah. how she felt. You know, you open your mouth and you act in faith. You could have first step. God will take care. God will do mm. all. And you have fun. Because it's adventure, you know, to yeah. travel with us. It's very fun, the Brazil, the Amazon. Yeah. It's not dangerous. doesn't have many animals, like dangerous. <laughs> well, he's a biologist. <laughs> you say another things. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We, we sent our 10th our church planting missionaries down with you. Yeah. They work under your umbrella, Nate and Roxanne yes. and Miller as well. So, yeah, we know they're safe yeah. as well on these trips. We love you guys. We love the yeah. Millers as well. Yeah. Patrick, do you have anything you, any yeah. advice you'd... Yeah, I'd say invest. invest. I'd say invest in the kingdom. Mm. And uh, you can do that. You know, you can do that with your time. You can do that with your effort and money. Mm. And and sometimes people don't have conditions maybe to travel to to remote areas and, right. and actually yeah. be on the ground with the missionaries. But you can invest financially in those in those ministries. 
to advance the gospel and advance the work. I was just thinking when she was sharing, you know, I was thinking about this trip to Atalidor Norch that I did with this uh, with Amazonas tour, and we did some community visits. And the and the director, she came to me and she said, "Boy, you just walk right into these communities mm-hmm. and start talking to people." And I said, "Well, I've got a lot of experience working with communities, and so right, it's easy right. for me just to come in and just don't." go straight to the president or the leader of the community, open up a dialogue and, and just welcome, just thank them for welcoming us in and, right, and right. just build, start building a relationship with the people. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So share your website. If you want to go directly to your website, it is? Rayofhope.org. Rayofhope.org. And they can always find it at Ray of Hope, Amazon.org. So rayofhopeamazon.org. Amazon.org is the website. Yes. Yeah. And guys, thank you so much for being here. We yeah, appreciate you, you so much sharing your story. And uh, I know our church at Grace, we love supporting you and love the trips, the people that go down there I, I, and they come back, their lives are always changed. And uh, we appreciate you guys very much. Uh, Likewise, we're yeah. so thank thankful you. for Grace Church and all they invest into the ministry there. Thank you so much. And I hope to see you all and those who are listening to us. Hope to see you in the Amazon. Yes. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Own It 365 podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can text the word podcast, then send it and then reply with your question uh, or comment to 855-734-7223. Tim, do you have any parting words that you would like to? No, I just love you guys. I appreciate the ministry. And we prayed for partners just like you to minister to unreached people groups. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Church and the Own It 365 resources, go to visitgracechurch.com.